The Big Rethink podcast series, mobile wallets, virtual cards, and more. The world of corporate payments is changing fast. The Big Rethink, we aim to share ideas on the future of our industry. The working world has changed for good. The shift to hybrid working patterns and mobile first payments has been accelerated by the pandemic faster than anyone could have predicted. The question for everyone within the corporate payments industry is clear. How do we meet our customers' needs in the context of these new realities, both now and in the future? Hi, I'm Martin Jandals, and I'll be the host of today's podcast. Today, our topic is mobile and digital payments. And I'm very lucky to be joined today by my colleague, Uli Dance, Senior Innovation Manager at AirPlus, and a special guest, Mike Cowan, Head of Strategy and Insights and Experience at MasterCard. Can I ask you, Mike, to quickly introduce yourself, give us a bit of your background? Hi, yes, Martin. Uh, um, so, yeah, as you say, I'm Mike Cowan. Uh, I've been with MasterCard for a little over 20 years. Uh, my current responsibility is for uh, strategy, insight and experience, which covers product and innovation in Europe. Great. Thanks. Uli, can I ask you to introduce yourself as well? Sure, Martin. So my name is Uli Danz. I'm uh, similar as uh, Mike, uh, a dinosaur at Airplus, so more than 20 years with this company. And I'm responsible um, for uh, mobile, especially when it comes to innovations. Wonderful. So really great to have that breadth of experience uh, on the uh, podcast. So as we said, today we're focusing on uh, mobile and digital payments. And in particular, our first uh, topic of conversation will be around the impact of consumer behavior on uh, mobile and digital payments. So consumer behavior is driving corporate experience, and there is an expectation from corporate payments to measure up. Digital payments are the future, but how can we as payment providers fulfill these expectations? So again, briefly looking at this, you know, we obviously see consumer behavior having an impact in the corporate space. So Mike, just to bring you in and get your thoughts on that. Absolutely. Um, so I guess for me, the starting point for this is that every employee is also a consumer and uh, all of our expectations are set by our experiences as a consumer. And, and generally, we see no reason why, if I'm able to enjoy certain experiences and conveniences as a consumer, I shouldn't be able to enjoy the same things as an employee uh, when I'm using my corporate card. So to me, that's the sort of baseline is we should always try to offer the same level of experience to corporate users as we do to consumer users. Um, recognizing that you know there can be challenges to doing that, but but that should always be what what, what we aim for. Maybe if I just uh, press you a little bit on some of the challenges there. So you mentioned uh, there may be challenges in trying to replicate um, the consumer experience in the corporate space. What could you expand a bit on that? Yeah, I mean, for one thing, obviously um, you have a an additional party when you're talking about a corporate card. So the, the employer uh, has their own rules about how their cards, how their products can be used, and, and that has to be honoured as well. So, you know, as a consumer, I can use my card pretty much wherever I choose to. Uh, as a corporate user, there might, might be some restrictions on the sorts of transactions that I can use my card for. Great. Uli, so what's the perspective from 
the App Plus side? I would totally agree to what Mike said. So if I'm used to uh, pay with my watch um, for, for private expenses, of course, I want to do so for my um, corporate expenses as well. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. And I think it's really important to take over as much as possible of the convenience we have um, in our um, in our private life when it comes to corporate uh, payments as well. I would uh, totally agree. Nevertheless, I think that uh, co convenience shouldn't be the only aspect. As, as Mike said, there is a further player in this game, and that is the corporate behind this corporate, uh, the, the, the company, the corporate behind this corporate traveler. So there might be certain company rules or regulations that needs to be considered. Yeah, and of course there is no general one. This might differ from from uh, company to company. Yeah, so this is one one aspect where I see certain um, rules uh, that need to be followed. On the other hand, um, when it comes to compliance and security, um, the corporate also has a stake in here. Yeah, that uh, let's say when it comes to the devices, uh, they they need to um, follow a certain security and uh, compliance uh, test and check uh, to be approved for corporate payments. Yeah. So certainly, we here I think generally agree that uh, it's desirable wherever possible to replicate that uh, consumer uh, experience in the corporate space, but. Uh, in the corporate space, there are a few more uh, checks and balances required to make sure uh, you meet with things like compliance um, and obviously uh, reporting um, uh, issues as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Not every uh, new digital tool and gadget which is available for consumers can be taken over in the corporate world. But of course, the, the general trend to more convenience is a, an important one and needs to be considered for corporate payments as well. I think an interesting example of this is uh, around um, sort of it's best to try and integrate the corporate card into the consumer's behavior patterns, their normal behavior patterns as much as possible. So the example that kind of springs to mind for me is when I'm in London and I'm traveling in the transport system there, you know, as a consumer, I always use my mobile phone in order to tap at the gates and, uh, and travel. Uh, and what I don't want is if I need to use my corporate card because I'm incurring business travel, that I have to change that behavior, that I have to queue up at a ticket machine instead to buy a ticket. Or even I don't really want to have to tap a card instead of my phone. I want my corporate card to work in my phone just the same way that my consumer card does. And I think, you know, that is, you know, slowly seems to be coming on board. Um, there are some uh, players out there, including ourselves, that offer the, uh, the, the facility. But clearly, it is, it is coming. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we understand consumer trends will highly influence corporate payment trends in the future. But what does this mean for the good old reliable plastic card? What's the future for the plastic card going forward? So again, Mike, uh, as our external guest, um, get your views initially. Well, I, I guess the short answer for me is, is that I don't see the plastic card disappearing anytime soon. Uh, and again, if I think about you know my own behavior is... When I walk out the door at home, uh, I generally just take my phone and my keys with me. 
But if I'm traveling internationally, I always take my wallet with my plastic card in with with me because you know different parts of the world uh, are at different stages of development in terms of their infrastructure and and the card has that benefit that you can use it in all sorts of different ways to pay whereas when you're paying with the mobile it's typically if you can't tap you can't pay great uli did you want to come in uh, just add anything again where do you see the uh, plastic cards the future of plastic card Mike, I wonder whether at MasterCard you see it similar. We see a really accelerating tr trend to um, uh, tapping uh, for mobile uh, uh, that, that, that COVID might have caused. Probably the only uh, good thing about COVID. Do you see it uh, similar at, at MasterCard that this trend has really accelerated? Absolutely. Uh, and I think, you know, The, one of the key drivers there is that all of a sudden people didn't want to be handing notes and coins over to each other. They didn't want that kind of physical contact. Um, so that's one, one aspect of it, uh, that you're not actually handing something across. And then the other aspect of it is, you know, contactless was actually the perfect technology for those circumstances because you don't need to make any physical contact with the point of sale at all. So the only thing that you touch is, is what already belongs to you. Exactly. Do you? Uh, but nevertheless, you would say that it's not going to make um, plastic cards entirely disappear. You you don't see this in the new future. You in the near future. You said right. Not in the near future. No. Um, you know, I, I think that there is a tendency that when whenever there's sort of technological innovation, there's an assumption that that will kill whatever has gone before. And I think sort of, you know, history teaches us that that's rarely the case, that, that generally sort of legacy technologies persevere for a very, very long time. And if you look at it, our cards today, many cards still have an embossed number on them. They still have a magnetic stripe on them. Obviously, they've got the contact chip as well. So you have multiple interfaces on that card in order to accommodate the fact that the world moves at different paces in different places. I still remember a taxi drive on the countryside here in, in Germany where I was really forced to to still use the Max Drive. So um, did, did you have similar experiences in your uh, life as a, as a corporate traveler on that, where you really uh, got uh, were uh, happy to have your physical plastic card with you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and, and it kind of catches you out when it happens because it's it's so unexpected these days. But yes, I mean, even, you know, I, I do travel to some quite remote places where there's no infrastructure, there's no telecoms and even no power in some places. And in those places, the only way that you can pay with a card is through the, the embossed number on your card. So even now, you still get that experience from time to time. But as you say, it, it, it can kind of catch you out because it's so unexpected these days. Exactly. I, th I think um, from, from our perspective, we see that the general ones, uh, the standard ones are really covered uh, entirely by digital payment. So when it comes to flight, when it comes to hotel, the standard ones, these are all covered, I would say. On the go, there might be still some some uh, rooms for uh, where the digital uh, could um, could make better, could uh, take more market share. But in general, I would say uh, whatever can be booked beforehand uh, will uh, their digitalization will um, uh, be the right fit. And um, we, we see it uh, really that it's on the walk uh, where, as I said, on the countryside, there might be spaces where plastic 
is needed. Absolutely right. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's the only time you tend to experience it is in a face-to-face situation in a taxi or at a market stall or something like that in in as i say in in a country where perhaps the the infrastructure hasn't yet developed to the the same level that it has in generally in europe for example so we should still uh, rem- uh, remember our pin when it comes to these situations so when when using uh, the mobile phone every time we risk uh, not uh, to have it when it's needed right mike Particularly, as I said, particularly when you're traveling internationally, that 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 tends to be the situation where uh, you, you can encounter this need to pay uh, by a non-digital means, if you like. I couldn't agree more here, speaking for Germany, where we love our cash so much, you know, but even in a German bakery, uh, if you need to uh, to pay for one euro 60, you are asked to not to pay cash not to pay cash actively and you are asked to pay contactless preferably so that is amazing and uh, honestly my personal perception is that we really see a significant change in payment behavior here mike would you agree on that definitely and i think one of the sort of visible signs of that is it, it was i can't really think of very many examples at all prior to the pandemic of where you would go into a shop and see a sign that said card payments only. Uh, I'm thinking mostly of the UK here, uh, but but now it's quite a common sight, uh, signs that say card payments only. Uh, so I think that that's a really significant change and, and one that, you know, will, will, will stay, I think. Yeah. Indeed, as you were saying, even in uh, some supermarkets, you know, checkout tours and it will be totally dedicated to uh, card payments only or, you know, digital payments. Um, so, yeah, I think um, we, we, we sort of general agreement. Um, the adoption rate has increased, um, you know, obviously pushed by pandemic and we see a high uptake of digital payments. I think I was also reading uh, a stat somewhere, which I think actually came up uh, from um, uh, MasterCard uh, material. I was reading that um, 40% uh, of digital, wa- uh, di- digital wallet users um, actually use the digital wallet for uh, storing non-payment um, um, details, so tickets or um, you know boarding passes. But I think that also lends itself in terms of increasing adoption as people become comfortable with the digital wallet as a storage point and then using that for payment. Uh, but clearly, uh, the plastic card is not going away anytime soon. I think uh, you you mentioned it earlier on, Mike. It's down to the adoption rate. Um, you you visit some countries where you know digital payments are not widely adopted. So definitely, the sort of plastic card is a good fallback um, you know solution. Absolutely, and I think that the trend that you mentioned of people storing not just their payment cards but other sorts of cards and passes within their within their phone is you know it, it, it's it's very much related to that behavior that I mentioned earlier where when I leave home I only t- I, I only take my mobile phone and my keys with me and therefore anything that I need I need to have in my mobile phone yeah it reminds me that the, once upon a time it might have been a case where you as you're saying leave home uh, where are my keys where's my wallet now probably less so where are my keys where's my phone uh, to some extent and maybe eventually it might just be my phone even for starting your car engine right so, so if we move on to our um, sort of third and final topic we were looking to discuss 
Um, when it comes to digital payments, it's not just the actual payments, uh, it's the entire process. Ideally, digital payments should provide a seamless payment experience. What do you think is the role of artificial intelligence, you know, the AI in the future of digital and corporate payments? AI is an incredibly powerful technology uh, that that can offer solutions to all sorts of problems. And I guess that those problems are generally characterized by vast amounts of data. Uh, and what AIs are really good at is looking at those vast amounts of data, discerning patterns in that data and then identifying variations from that pattern. So, you know, to give an example, for example, one of the ways that MasterCard uses AI is through our what's called our decision management platform. Um, and what that helps us to do is flag transactions that look atypical for a particular cardholder. And perhaps, you know, that, that might cause uh, some additional checks to be performed uh, to make sure that, that, that the transaction is entirely legitimate. Yeah, it's certainly, I think, you know, at this very early stage of AI development, you know, maybe two schools of thought, you know, those that kind of see it as kind of encroaching on us as humans and, you know, taking over the world. But, you know, clearly there are some uses uh, where AI can kind of help us. And if I hear you, this is more about aiding uh, decisions, decision making rather than leading the decision making process. Your thoughts on that? Yeah, it's it's a, it's a tool, uh, and it's a tool that that helps humans to make better decisions. Um, but as I say, it's the, the sorts of things that, at least in our industry, the sorts of things that that AI helps us with are jobs that a human couldn't really do if if you're trying to analyze you know thousands of transactions per second no human being could do that but an ai can do that very very effectively and can say all right you know of those thousand transactions that i saw in that one second uh, this this one i think it needs needs a closer look for example uli um perspective from you on artificial intelligence Yes, uh, what uh, comes up to my mind is, uh, um, um, let's say, a hassle when I come back from a business trip that I need to assign my payments to the uh, correct spendings in the expense report. So for me, that would be uh, a, a good one to say, if AI could support me on here, that uh, doing the, the, the general things um, uh, in the same way like I did before. It's exactly what you said, Mike, to, to follow the pattern and don't make me think about the, the standard processes, just support me, but um, don't take over the complete handling of a device. Here, I think from a corporate perspective, there are, as I said before, certain certain rules, but uh, just uh, guiding me through, yeah? I, th I think that's a really good example, Elise. So, you know, if I think about it from my own experience, so when I open up my corporate card expense report and I have to go through the justification for all of those expenses, that it would be pre-populated with suggested data generated by an AI, rather than me having to manually enter all of that data myself. So we almost see two ends of the spectrum here. On one end, earlier on, Mike, you mentioned, of course, there's all the advanced analytics that, you know, AI can help, you know, particularly on that uh, uh, scale of things. But there are also on the other side of things doing the regular uh, repetitive 
mundane sort of tasks, uh, like you're saying, doing expense reporting, where, you know, if you configure it correctly, that can take, uh, you know, AI can help in terms of doing those repetitive um, mundane tasks. Uh, I, I think it, it can also it can help us but by making uh, the use of, of, of our payment cards more convenient as well. So, for example, generally, we, we talked earlier about the fact that a, a company, a corporate, may need to block the use of cards for certain types of transactions or certain environments. And generally, the mechanisms for doing that are fairly a fairly blunt instrument. So using merchant category codes, for example, an AI has the potential to say, okay, even though the merchant category code says this is a certain type of merchant, I know based on the data that I've accumulated over time that this is uh, this, this is a different size, a different sort of merchant, one that is actually permitted for this card, and therefore it can have more granular logic to enable the right sorts of transactions and block only the ones that aren't permitted. Martin, if I may add here, so um, the typical one is for a corporate traveler, if you need to book a hotel and accommodation during a fair, then, and the prices might be higher. So what what a lot of corporate travelers are facing is that their line manager rejects uh, in, in case that there is a control, might reject it. So I, I think that it could be of convenience if you have just the basic information. Look, there is a fair, uh, and this is, of course, a provider provided uh, by the AI, uh, and this gives you a better um, 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 basis for for making the decision whether you accept or not, right? Okay. So kind of bringing us back again to that point, it's, you know, the kind of AI in helping uh, or aiding decision-making rather than leading that decision-making uh, on behalf of people. Mike and Uli, that's been great, you know, uh, a few good topics that we've had time to discuss there. So as we kind of try and bring this to a close, just to try and summarize, you know, just to get a, a sentence or two uh, from uh, from both of you. So again, Mike, as our guest, just hand over to you. Yeah, thank you, Martin. So, I mean, I guess I, I kind of go back to the point that we started with around, you know, every employee is also a consumer. Our expectations are set as a consumer and as much as possible, we should try and match those those uh, expectations when a person is using a corporate card as well. Um, I, I think I, I quite like the the topic that we we picked up at the end there around the the potential for uh, artificial intelligence to to make our lives more convenient and to uh, better manage the use of uh, corporate cards. So I definitely see a trend there, uh, and I, I think with that I'll I'll hand over to Oli for. For his view, um, I couldn't agree more. Let me add a bit the corporate uh, aspect here. Um, so I think convenience is key, and uh, digitalization has significantly increased the rate of convenience. So we are all using it every day, and um, corporates will uh, use it as well because it's a clear demand from their corporate travelers that they want to do things they do in their private life for business as well. Nevertheless, there are certain rules that need to be considered, but I don't see them uh, as a, a restriction. I, I see them more as a guideline to say they got to be managed, and I'm sure that digitalization will push us in a way that uh, the um, um, that there, there won't be 
any or the hassle will uh, go down whenever it comes to um, uh, traveling or or uh, during um, the things that can occur during a trip. I think digitalization will make the corporate lives easier here. And I'll just try and pull the various threads through. So as far as uh, consumer uh, behavior will continue impacting corporates uh, in terms of trying to replicate that experience, but obviously understanding within the corporate setting, there are uh, other parameters that need to be taken into consideration. Plastic card, plastic card will be with us for some time uh, to continue. Uh, we discussed there were you know, the adoption rates that uh, potentially impact that in some parts of the world where digital payments are not widely accepted. And then finally, uh, around the AI, and in particular, how uh, that is there to help aid decision-making rather than leading uh, the decision-making. Thank you for listening today. And thank you to my guests, Mike and Uli, for joining me for an insightful discussion around mobile and digital payments on this week's episode of the AirPlus Big Rethink podcast. On the next episode, we'll be delving into a fresh new topic. If you enjoyed this podcast, then don't forget to hit follow and subscribe. And if you can leave us a review, that will be fantastic. We are available on all major podcast platforms. Just search for the AirPlus Big Rethink. Goodbye for now. <laughs>